Welcome to the Empowered with Erica podcast. My name is Erica Vishkalis, and I'm an empowerment coach, mindset mentor, personal development enthusiast, and holistic health advocate. I've spent the last several years healing my mind, body, and soul, and have learned so much along the way. From healing trauma to navigating a sober lifestyle and learning how to step into my personal power, it has been transformational. If you are looking to heal, to be inspired, to uplevel your life and become the most empowered version of yourself, you've come to the right place. I created this podcast to help you know you are worthy of rewriting your story and to help you navigate your own empowerment journey. You are worthy of living your most authentic, aligned, and inspired life, and I can help you get there. Whether you are diving deep into personal development or just need a weekly pick-me-up, I've got you covered. Thank you so much for pressing play today. I cannot wait to transform together. Let's get empowered. Hello, welcome to the Empowered with Erica podcast. Your host, Erica here, and I'm so excited for today's episode. We are going to talk all about how you can design your dream career. So I'm going to share with you some amazing information I learned from the book, U-Turn by Ashley Stahl. So this book is all about how to get unstuck, discover your direction, and design your dream career. I heard Ashley talk on a podcast that I love, and as soon as I heard this, I was like, I need to read this book, and then Kyle got it for me for Christmas, and it was a game changer. Honestly, guys, it's one of the things that motivated me to start this podcast. So I'm going to talk about a couple of key principles that she talks about in the book. Of course, you guys need to go get this book. If you're someone that's feeling stuck, if you have had If you have an inkling that maybe I need to do something else, maybe this isn't where I'm meant to be, or if you just are questioning what to do with your life, what to do with your career, I definitely recommend taking a look and reading this book. It is so incredibly good, but we are going to talk about some key points that she goes over in the book just to give you a brief overview and why you may benefit from it. Again, you you will get something from this podcast, just some key points, but if you want a deeper dive Again, go read the book, U-Turn by Ashley Stahl. So one of the first things she says in the book, which is so funny because I think it's almost the opposite of what most of us are told growing up, which is don't do what you love, do what you are. And it's like, what? (laughs) That's crazy. So she talks about three things that you need to help design your dream career. And that is your core nature, your core skill set, as well as your core values, right? And so those three things can help you design your dream career. So your core nature is the first thing she goes over in the book. So what is your core nature? Your core nature is the energy that you bring to a room when you're in the most natural state and a reflection of how people experience you. So when you walk into a room, what is the energy that you're bringing? And really knowing how you feel when you are in your most natural state, when you are at your best, What is it that you're bringing to the room? What is it that is making it so that you're at your best? So this is typically four to six words that sum up your energy. So how do we assess this? So you can ask people around you. You can just take an internal look at what are things that you believe are your core nature. And so for me, one of my things I believe is leadership. I've always been a leader, no matter what situation I'm in, I've always been in leadership positions. And that's really when I'm at my best is when I'm um, in a leadership role, right? So Kyle, he's like, you have a magnetic energy, like you have a very powerful energy. People feel your presence when you walk into a room. And I've been told that a couple of times. And I think that's why my whole life, I've had people tell me I was intimidating. And I don't know if it's necessarily that I was intimidating, 
versus no, I just have this like, you could call it big personality. I have this big magnetic nature that I bring into the room. So again, this is typically four to six words that sum up your energy. So what do you notice about your energy now that you also carry, what do you notice about your energy now that you also carried with you at a young age? So not only is this who you are now, but go back to when you were little. What were key things you were known for? What are key personalities? Like, are you someone that always was fixing things? Were you always helping people? Were you always lightening up the, like, lighting up the room? Were you the funny kid? Like, what, who were you as a youngster? And also, what, like, how are you now? Does that make sense? And you need to be able to connect to yourself. So like I said, I've always been a leader. I've always been someone that people turn to. I've always been someone that people have called inspiring, like my whole life, even as a child, right? Or that I have this like magnetic personality. People just come to me. It's kind of crazy. It's one reason why I've gone into coaching because people just have always come to me and have come to me for advice, have asked for my guidance. Like I've just always had this leadership mentor role in life, right? So you need to be able to connect to yourself and be able to self-reflect. Also, she recommends asking friends and family who know you best because typically people will see things about you that you don't even see. Like Kyle is the first one that was like, you have this really magnetic personality. Like I can't figure out what it is, but your energy when you enter a room, it's obvious. Like it is very obvious. You can tell when you're in a good mood. You can tell when you're in a bad mood. I wear my heart on my sleeve. That's for sure. But I would ask your friends and family who know you best to help you figure out what your core nature is. So things you can ask them is, when have you seen me at my best? And how does the room feel different when I walk in? And I would ask like three or four people this, like again, your closest friends, family, people that you trust. And then I would also look at your fears, your blocks, and your limitations about who you should be and what keep us from they are. So look at your fears, your blocks, and limitations because those often are going to hold you back from who you are meant to be and also they can be a good indicator for what is it that I should be diving into you know like face the fear do it anyways and often like what we're fearful of is exactly what we should be doing right so she also recommends thinking of what was your first memory of success can you go back to a time of the first time you felt really successful and why did you feel successful what was it about that memory that made it come to your mind, you know? So one thing she says, and I thought this was really great, this is a direct quote from the book, it takes courage to step into your core nature when your career isn't working for you, and sometimes that means giving yourself permission to leave where you are. So I'm going to repeat that. It takes courage to step into your core nature when your career isn't working for you, and sometimes that means giving yourself permission to leave wherever you are. And so something she talks about, like I said, at the beginning of the book, she goes, do what you don't do what you love, do what you are. And that's pretty much the exact opposite about what we've been told our whole life. So she talks about the passion myth, which is leading up to college. People have told us to follow your passions and do what you love. But she says there's a big difference between what you love and who you are. So being there's a difference between being a consumer and being a producer. So the example she used, she's like, I love clothes. I love fashion but I love buying clothes. I am never someone that should design the clothes. And that's going to go into our core skill sets, which we're going to talk about next. So you need to have more than just passion to be successful or to be fulfilled. I think often we go with, oh, what am I most passionate about versus what am I best at? 
And that's something I've been thinking about with myself. You know, I went into the health field and I do really enjoy it. I'm very passionate about it. But if I look back at where I was um, in high school and what classes I excelled in, I excelled in English. I excelled in history. I excelled in those types of liberal arts and in, in journalism. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Like, did I potentially not go into what I was naturally best at? You know what I'm saying? So that's just something to think of. You need to consider your core nature, your core skill set, and your core values. So she also talks about the experience myth. So first, the passion myth, leading up to college, follow your passions, do what you love. She's like, no, that's not the case because a lot of people love stuff that they should not be doing. Like, I love music. I probably shouldn't be a musician. I mean, some people might argue that, but I have some musical talent, but I don't know how to songwrite. I don't, I'm not proficient in an instrument. I think I have a decent voice, but that's just not, that for me, that's a hobby, right? So then we go into the experience myth. So a lot of people think that your years of experience or the lack of experience or the amount of experience you have is going to make or break whether or not you are qualified for a job. And she says that natural talents will always outmaneuver years of experience. So who you are, your natural gifts are always what wins with work. So the culture of proving ourselves, this is a direct quote. I love this quote. The quote, the culture of proving ourselves keeps us from really doing our best work, let alone discovering who we are at work and our core nature. So oftentimes people will hold themselves back from pivoting or from going what they really want or going after what they believe they'd be good at because either they think that they don't have enough experience or they have too much experience in one area and they don't think it's going to translate to a new area, right? So that can be really difficult, especially when you are someone that has been maybe looking to pivot. And like, say for myself, okay, I've been a college athletic trainer for since I graduated in 2018, so at four years now. And before that, I have a graduate degree in athletic training. Most of my experience was at the college level. So if I were to pivot to something else, like it would be, I don't want to say it would be difficult, but I can see how it'd be difficult to make that pivot, especially really just the mental block I could have because it's like, well, this is all I've done. I haven't worked at a high school. I haven't worked at a clinic. I've only been an athletic trainer. So how am I supposed to move to a different area? Okay. But look at the skill sets that you cultivated while you like while you're in your current job right so for me i would say you know i've learned problem solving skills like athletic trainers have to be great problem solvers they have to be great communicators they have to be a good team player because you have to work with so many different people right so those are all things that you know technically i wouldn't have years of experience in another career path but my natural talents and the experience that i do have in my role would translate to something else, right? So think about that for yourself. If you're looking to pivot, but you're like, oh my gosh, well, I've been in my job for so long. How could I ever leave it? Or this is all I've done. I've only been in this one area. Well, think about like what have your natural talents, like what talents have you cultivated? What skills have you cultivated that you could translate and apply to something else, right? So she talks about how getting started is the toughest part of any goal. And I would definitely agree with that. I mean, even getting started with this podcast was the toughest part of the podcast was just getting the ball rolling. So one thing she talks about in the book is how we're taught that just fine is fine. And people who say they're fine usually just aren't in touch with their pain. So how many times have 
someone asked you like, oh, how are you? And you're like, oh, I'm fine. But like, you're not fine, right? Or how many people do you know kind of hate their job, but they settle for the mediocre because that's all they know. And they're like, well, it's fine. So I'm going to just stay here. Like they're comfortable and they don't want to take a risk. So one thing she talks about is lukewarm feelings about anything are an indicator that it is time to do a self audit and take an honest look at your life. So again, I'm going to repeat that because I think this is applicable to relationships, career, friendships, even like habits that you're doing, maybe your like fitness habits, like whatever. So lukewarm feelings about anything are an indicator that it is time to do a self audit and take an honest look at your life. That's like a paraphrase quote from the book. And how many times have you been in a situation where you don't, you aren't happy, like, and, but maybe you don't admit to yourself that you're not happy. You're like, well, it's good enough. It's fine. Like she was saying before, the just fine concept. You don't want just fine. We spend so much time working. We spend so much time working that, you know, maybe it's not something you're super passionate about, but you want to be at least utilizing your core nature, your core skill sets and your core values, right? So what are your core skill sets? How can you discover them? So your core skill sets are the skills that you're best suited to use and lead with in the workplace. And this tends to be a skill that bleeds into your job, right? So this are, there's a whole list of them. I'm going to go through them, right? But a direct quote from the book that I love. So I'm quoting her directly a lot because I don't want you guys to think this is all my own ideas. It's not. It comes from the book. It's incredible. She goes, What we all need is to clean up our windshield. This means taking a look at the muck, the judgments about ourselves and others, the limitations in our thinking about what's possible for us, in the stories we tell ourselves, particularly the ones that keep us in our smallness. It's here where we see the problem we face isn't a lack of clarity, it's being disconnected from ourselves. So a lot of this book, guys, is being able to self-reflect and self-audit and be able to connect back to yourself. So she talks about when people are failing, quote unquote, in their careers, it just means that they're operating out of alignment from their core skill set. So your core skill sets are really your most natural and ingrained talent or gift to the world. And she talks about how often we don't even notice that a skill we have is our core skill set because it's so easy and natural for us. We don't notice how special it is or how masterful we are at it. So, you know, a lot of people have told me, oh, you're so good at podcasting, like you're natural at it. And I don't mean that to brag. I've just gotten that a couple of times, especially when I first launched. People are like, wow, this sounds like a professional podcast. And honestly, I think it's because it does utilize one of my core skill sets, which will go into what they are, right? So often the core skill set you have is so easy and natural that we don't notice how special it is because for us, it's not hard. So that's the whole point. When something's really difficult, not saying that you can't do it, but it may not be your core skill set if it's something that you really struggle to do. Right. And so something we do have, and she goes through this a lot in the book, are limiting beliefs. And it's really easy. And I've experienced this myself to get stuck in the trap of, oh, it's a good job or, oh, I'll be wasting my degree or, oh, I'll have to start over. Those are very common limiting beliefs when someone needs to make a U-turn, but maybe they haven't yet. So none of that is true, though, because often Just because it's a good job, that's not the only reason to stay. And I know like right now in today's economy, today, July 29th, 2022, that can be hard because, you know, the economy is up in the air. You know, apparently we're in a recession. 
So it can be very scary to make a pivot or make a U-turn because you want to stay where you're comfortable because you're like, well, I don't even know what's coming. And to an extent, I definitely understand that, right? But you also need to enjoy what you're doing for work because at the end of the day, when you're utilizing your core skills, your core nature, and it aligns with your core values, you will be happier. Like you will be happier Even if it's not something you think is your dream job, when you are able to utilize these things in your life, it will become a better career for you, almost guaranteed, versus if you're going against the grain, if you're going against your core nature. Like, how does it make sense that if it's something you aren't naturally good at, and again, you can learn skills, so I'm not saying you can't learn a skill, of course you can learn a skill, but if you're naturally terrible with people and you don't enjoy working with people, Why would you work a job where you have to be around people constantly, where you have to maybe like customer service, someone that is, that hates talking to people, someone that hates interacting with others. I do not recommend being a salesman or a customer service person because all you have to do is build those relationships with people. That's a huge part. Like liking, knowing, and trusting someone is how many people buy products, right? So that just would not make any freaking sense. So this is another shift she recommends is quitting is not just for losers. It's also reserved for winners. That's a quote from her book. I like that. So it is really courageous to be able to face the truth of where you are and to reserve the courage to do something about it. So basically she was saying how the magic is in ripping off the band-aid. And I think we need to talk about that for a minute because... Again, a lot of people have limiting beliefs and how they get stuck in, oh, it's a good job. Oh, it's comfortable. Oh, you know, I've spent so many years in this field. Like, how could I leave? Or, oh, I got a master's degree in this, like in this area. How could I go do a job that doesn't even utilize it? Well, again, you are going to be learning so much along the way that you can apply to whatever you do next. So if you are feeling the need to leave, then you need to do it. You need to do it. If you are feeling the, le- the need to pivot, if you are feeling stuck, unhappy, like if you're miserable, just because it's, quote, a good job, unquote, does not mean that you should stay. Now, of course, I don't, I really recommend finding a job that's better suited to you before you make that pivot. But if you are miserable, if you're unhappy, like we spend way too much time at work to hate our lives. We really do. And again, that doesn't mean that you necessarily need to do your passion for work, right? Like right now, this podcast is not my job, but it's what I'm passionate about and I love doing. And so it's like a side project for me and maybe someday it'll be my job, but for now it's not, right? So I need to be able to be in a position where I am utilizing my core skill sets and my core nature and have it align with my core values for it to be a good fit for me personally. And if one of those things isn't lining up, like it's time to look elsewhere in my personal opinion. But again, I'm someone that's like, we only have one life. Live it to the fullest. Don't be stuck at a job you fucking hate. Like that just makes no sense to me. And she talks a lot about trusting your intuition. I mean, it's hard to explain that, but if you are feeling unhappy, if you're feeling the need to pivot, if you're looking at Indeed or LinkedIn a lot more than you used to, if you're unhappy every time you go to work, if you're on your drive into work or like, oh my gosh, I'm dreading this. Or if every day you leave unhappy and miserable, I would look at your intuition. I would take a take a look at your gut. What is your gut saying? Is this really a place you want to be? Potentially not. So she talks about when is it time to quit? And this is another quote from the book. When you've exhausted all growth in your job, you're no longer sharpening your core skill set, the one you will carry with you throughout your career, or when you're in a bad mood at work beyond the point of no return, it's time to quit. 
When we don't quit, we end up burning out. So how many of us get exhausted in our jobs or we don't have any growth, like you don't think that you're going to be able to grow any further or you're no longer using your core skill set or you're no longer expanding upon sharpening your core skill set and when you're really in a bad mood all the time at work. I mean, I was just talking to someone about this. She just left, you know, a good job for another opportunity. Now, let me tell you, the other opportunity, she was telling me, it's sick. I was like, fuck, yeah, you should take that. But it was a scary transition for her. Why? Because one, moving across the country. Two, it would be a different, it's in her field, but it's a different sect of her field. So there's going to be training involved. That's scary. It's scary when you're comfortable. Like it's scary when you're comfortable somewhere. And even though you may not be happy, oh, but it's easy. So why not just do this? No, no, if you are miserable, if you are not growing as a person, if you're not growing both in the sense of, oh, there's no more promotions available, or my skills are stagnant, or when you're in such a bad mood all the time that you can't get out of because of your job or because of the work environment, like, if you don't quit, you'll burn out, and I've experienced this in my life. So, what is burnout? This is a quote, this is the definition from the World Health Organization, Burnout is an occupational disorder as feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job, or feelings of negativ- negative Wow, that makes no sense. It should be negativity, but it's not. Okay. Or cynicism related to one's job and reduced professional efficacy. So essentially, if your energy is depleted or you're constantly exhausted, you are mentally distancing yourself from your job or you're checking out or you're constantly feeling negative or cynical of your job and then honestly you probably won't be as effective at your job, that is burnout. Con- according to the World Health Organization, who is not my not my top organization at the moment, but that's that's another podcast for another day. So if any of those resonate with you, I would take a look. Am I burning out? Is it potentially time for me to make a U-turn in my life? Potentially, potentially. So now we're going to go over the 10 core skill sets. And she has more information about this in the book. Again, I don't want to just like copy and paste the book for you guys, but I am going to go over the 10 core skill sets and talk a little bit about them. More so, I'm going to give you examples of careers that utilize them. And then I'll tell you what I think mine are. Okay, so the first one is words. So that can be verbal communication like this podcast or that can be written communication. So um, careers with that would be speaker, author, marketer, blogger. And then the next one is innovation. So that's going to be your entrepreneurs, your consultants, your insurance agents. Or yeah, or I believe as well as um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Innovation like um, people that design things. Um, Not an entrepreneur. I mean, yes, an entrepreneur. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? The person that like comes up with a new idea for a product. I cannot think of the name right now. (laughs) I apologize. The next one is building. So that's going to be architect, car mechanic, or a construction worker who's like great at building something or fixing something. The next one is technology. So that's um, those who work in IT, coders, artificial intelligence developers, that whole technology world, which is expanding right now. The next one is motion. So that's your personal trainers, your physical therapists, tour guides, dancers, athletes, basically people who are in motion for their job. Next is service. So that's going to be customer service representative, community manager, a personal assistant, people in the healthcare field, like 
jobs that you are providing a service for someone or you're being of service to someone. The next one is beauty. So that's interior designer, illustrators, editor-in-chief, a graphic designer, potentially um, those who work in like personal beauty. So um, like estheticians, I just did not say that right. (laughs) Or um, hair stylists, sorry. I do not know why I'm blanking out words today. (laughs) I apologize. Probably not enough coffee. So those who appreciate beauty, potentially artists as well. So coordination is the next one. So that's your event planners, your operation managers, your logistics leads. I always thought my mom was really good at coordinator, like coordinating things. I was like, she should be an event planner. Like she is so good at that shit. Next one is numbers. So that's your accountants, your financial advisor, your investment banker, chief financial operator or officer, bookkeepers. So like I said, those are the 10 words, innovation, building, technology, motion, service, beauty, coordination, numbers. And I'll be honest, guys, like when I was, so when I was trying to figure out like, what is mine? Like I was really struggling with this when I read the book and I read them all to Kyle and I was like, what do you think? And he's like, words for sure, for sure. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he's like, maybe service. I was like, okay, cool. And I was thinking about that when I've been at my best, words has been a huge part of it. So again, that's one reason why I started this podcast. I was like, oh, you know, I think I could utilize my words to make an impact and to help others. And that's where service comes in as well. So she says that it's often common for you to have like a primary core skill set and then a secondary core skill set. So you can have anywhere from two to three like core skill sets. And she says there's usually one that rises to the top and then one or two that are like your secondary and tertiary skill sets. So for me, I think mine are words and service personally. And that's where I love doing this podcast. I love coaching or even let's look at um, athletic training. In a way, I do use words and service. I think service would probably come before words. But at the same time, you have to be a very good communicator in athletic training because you are working with such a large group of people and you're kind of that middleman that helps make sure that everyone knows what's going on, right? So questions to ask yourself when you're trying to figure out what are my core skill sets? When am I at my best? Where do I make the most impact in people's lives? And then you can ask someone else, what do you think is my best skill set? And like I said, you can have both a primary and a secondary skill set. So something else that she talked about in the book, and I'm not going to go too far into this because honestly, I think this is a podcast in and of itself, but you want to be able to unlock your money blueprint. So what does that mean? We all have money stories that are pretty imprinted into us based on what we saw in childhood. So... Do you have a negative money mindset, a positive money mindset? This can create limitations. So what are your automatic thoughts about money? When you think about money, are you in scarcity? Are you thinking, oh my gosh, I never have enough. Oh, my bills are barely getting paid or, oh, I don't make enough. Are you automatically in a negative mindset or in a scarcity mindset where you never know where you're going to get enough or you always think you're going to lose it or, oh, I'll never be up for a raise? Because it's really important when you're designing your dream career that you rewire those thoughts. You want to go from negative po- negative belief to a positive belief. You want to have, instead of a scarcity money belief, an abundance money belief. And that's hard. It's hard because it's very naturally ingrained in us, in my opinion. That's one of the reasons I think so many people are stuck. is because so many of us have been told how scarce money is. And I think that is honestly, again, this is a whole podcast in and of itself. But I think that's why so many people who grow up 
in potentially like wealthier homes are also able to stay wealthy. And it's not only because, yes, they have more opportunities. They are, to an extent, given an advantage. Like, I think it's obvious that they're given an advantage. But when I was reading the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, one thing that really stood out to me is it's the different in mindset of someone who is wealthy versus not. And I really do believe that money is just energy. And so if we can have an abundance mindset, it's key. And so you need to choose these new beliefs and you need to rewire these old beliefs into new beliefs to create a new future. Like you're not going to be able to create a new future with old beliefs. So that's a whole nother thing. That's a pretty intense chapter. Um, She has you take a quiz, all this stuff, but I really want you to dive into that in the book. And maybe we'll talk about money mindset more in another episode. So the last thing she really talked about, well, we have one more, so one more thing, but like I've been saying all podcasts, you have your core values, core skill sets, and your core nature. So now let's talk about your core values. It's relatively self-explanatory, but your core values are the principles that sit within the core of our being. They are our North Stars for our career path. So typically everyone has like four to five core values. And she was talking about how anxiety is a messenger that your core val- and your core values are a filter. So she was saying that anxiety and panic are friendly indicators that it may be time to make a U-turn. If you're getting anxiety about something, if you're panicking over something, it's a good indicator that it's not aligned with your core values. So we disconnect from ourselves and our true purpose when we make decisions from a place of fear and anxiety. So again, this is very linked to our money story. But you need to think about what are your core values, you know, and she has a process on how you can determine that. And I will share that with you. But for myself, when I was thinking about what are my core values, like because I've been really digging deep into what do I want with my life? Like I'm getting closer to 30. I'm in my Saturn return. And I'm like, are is my current career aligned with my core values? And in some ways, yes. And in some ways, like potentially not. I'm not sure. So I'm still evaluating that right now. But core values are really important, right? So for me, one of my core values is freedom, right? So I, freedom is very important to me. And that's because, you know, true Sagittarius nature, I don't like being tied down. And freedom, that's freedom of money, freedom of time, freedom of location. I just don't like being stuck. To me, freedom is incredibly important. I like to be able to make decisions in my own accord, right? Like, or of my own accord. I don't want, I hate people telling me what to do, (laughs) literally hate it. And so that's one reason though, why my job has been good is because my boss gives us a lot of freedom. He doesn't micromanage us and that's incredible, right? So that's one way it does um, align. So another value of mine, honestly, I would say is like adventure and my career does to an extent align with that because things are always changing. You're always getting new experiences, you're traveling. So those are two of my core values, I'd say. Oh, shoot, I didn't write them down, but there's like a huge list that you can go through. Integrity is a big value of mine. So integrity, honesty, um, as well as like abundance. Abundance is a big value of mine. Um, And so something isn't abundant or if there's like a cap, that's really hard for me. So again, look at what brings you anxiety or panic, and that is an indicator that potentially something isn't aligned with your core values. So how can you determine your core values? And she says use up to four to five to filter if a career or job is meant for you. 
So how can you determine what your core values are? So she has a whole process in the book that, again, go to the book and use it. But if you want to do a quick one, she recommends looking up a core value list. Like online, there's a ton of them. And typically these lists are very long. They're going to give you like anywhere from like 50 to 100 words, right? She recommends circling the top 10 words that are most innate to who you are at your core. So this is key, guys. 10 words that are who you are, not who you want to be, but who you truly are. What values and like are examples of who you are now? And then she says to write down the top three core values that you wish you embodied more. And then she says, go into what activities give you the feeling of those values that you wish you embodied. So for me, pot, like podcasting does help me embody some of the values that I want to have, that I wish I had more fully, right? And then she said, once you have your 10, narrow it down to the top five that you cannot live without. Not just that would be nice, but you need these in your life or you will be miserable. She said, then when you're looking at jobs, see if they meet or violate your core values. If a job or a career violates multiple of your core values, like that is a sign to U-turn. Potentially just one, that's still a sign to U-turn. Or it's just going to be more difficult to be happy in that regard. Like if you are not aligning your life with your core values, it's going to be a bad time. And that's, <laughs> it's going to be a bad time. And that's not just with career. That can be with so many different things, with your relationships, with friends, family, like you need to stay aligned in, with your core values in all areas of life, but especially with your career. So then she talks a little bit about your core interests. And she really says like your your interests are like your intuition and your passions. So something that may give you a little hope, if you've been listening to this podcast and you're like, oh shit, I need to make a U-turn. Like I know that I'm not in the right position. What the fuck? I'm scared because like I don't want to leave my industry or I don't even know what I do. Especially like someone like myself who's in athletic training. It's a pretty niche field. It's in my opinion, when I had a limited mindset, I was like, how would I even leave if I wanted to? Like what could I go to? Like, oh my gosh. But then I was thinking about all my core skill sets and like, oh well, like I have this and I have this and I have this. So one thing she says though, and this gave me a lot of peace, and I think will give a lot of you a lot of peace, often people are in the right industry but they're not using the right like skill sets in that industry, right? So if you're using the wrong core set, well, wrong core skill set, sorry guys. If you're using the wrong core skill set, then that can be an indicator that you need to pivot. But she wants you to take a look at, is it that you're using the wrong core skill set or is it the industry as a whole? So you need to differentiate is the industry fine, but I'm in the wrong niche in the industry? Or is this industry as a whole not aligned with my values? Because some industries as a whole are not going to be aligned with your values. Where potentially, maybe you want to be in, let's say, I'm trying to think of a good one. Let's say that you are someone that wants to be in the service field, but maybe organization is one of your top skill sets. So I'm trying to think of like a good example. Maybe you're someone that like wants to be a healthcare worker, but you realize, hmm, this isn't utilizing my core skill sets, but being the medical assistant where I can use my organization skill sets and I'm still helping patients and I'm helping the doctors, but I'm not the one physically providing care, but I'm still in the industry I like, that could be a good pivot for you potentially, right? So a small tweak can make a very large difference. And so I'm going to leave you with this, guys. And this is a direct quote from the book. I really liked it. 
People who love their careers have key bases covered. Their core nature aligns with the nature of their job. They are actively using their core skill set and their core values have served as a filter for their choice of whether to accept the job they are in. So again, people need to have these three bases covered. They are using their core nature and their core nature aligns with the nature of the job that they are in. They're also using their core skill sets and their values have filtered whether or not the job aligns with them in their life. So if you're someone that's feeling stuck, if you're someone that's like, oh shit, I'm going to need to U-turn, that's okay. Get this book, U-turn by Ashley Hall. This is one of those books that I literally, I mean, I didn't write in the book, so I'm not someone that writes in books, but I had a notebook and I was doing all the exercises. So at the end of the chapters, she has exercises on, okay, how can I apply this? How can I figure this out? She has her own podcast apparently. And I think she has like, she has a whole coaching course. Like she's a career coach. So if you really want to dive in, go to her. But this book was incredible. It changed my life. It motivated me to start the podcast. It's motivated me to look at like, am I in the right field? Am I in the right area? Is this career something that's going to sustain me? Because guys, at the end of the day, like I said, we spend so many hours a day at our job, at our careers. You want to be happy. You want to be fulfilled. And you may not need to make a huge drastic change. Like she was saying at the end there, you may not need to make a total complete 180. You might just need to pivot 15 degrees to a different area within your industry. Or maybe, maybe not. Maybe you need to completely leave and do something else. But don't, don't forget that you don't want to settle for just fine. You want to be happy and excited to go to work every day. And of course, we all have our bad days. We all have our bad days. But like that friend I mentioned earlier, when she was leaving her job to go to a new job, you know, she was having some anxiety towards the end when she was about to make the move. And I definitely understand why. But if I took this formula with her, which I probably should have, I might send her this quote after, honestly, was she often wasn't happy. Like she would share with me how she wasn't happy at work. She would share with me how the job had gotten super easy and she wasn't growing her skill set. She wasn't able to get out of the negative mindset of her job, right? Like she often would not be happy because of her job or the people that worked there. And so if that's the case, that's a sign that it's time to leave. And even though it can be scary to pivot to something because you're doing something new, or you're taking on new roles, or maybe it's a promotion, maybe it's a big, maybe it's going to be a big change, a big U-turn. I know that can be incredibly scary, but... That does not mean that you just give up. That doesn't mean that you just settle because you don't want to settle, especially if you're young, especially if you're still in your 20s. I mean, again, you can U-turn at any time, though. I mean, I forget all the names of all the people, but how many people have had success later in life? Like the founder of KFC, wasn't he in his 60s when he found success? J.K. Rowling, I think, was in her 40s when she wrote Harry Potter or the first Harry Potter book came out. Like, just because no matter what your age, if you are... 15 and you're trying to figure out what you do if you're in high school and you're trying to figure out which way do I go if you are mid-20s if you're having a quarter-life crisis as they call it and you're like oh shit I don't know if I went into the right direction after college you're still young you have plenty of time like I'm 28 years old if I want to pivot I still have the majority of my career life ahead of me right like most people retire in their 60s I still have probably good 40 years left 30 to 40 years left I want to make sure that I'm in the right field just like y'all want to make sure you're in the right field. So again, this book was really incredible. And there's so many different areas we could go off on this with money beliefs, limiting beliefs about yourself. And something I didn't really talk about, but she talks about in the book is 
a lot of this is self-love, right? You need to be able to love yourself. If you do not love yourself, you're going to be more likely to stay complacent and stay in a place that you are not happy. Don't do that to yourself, guys. You deserve more. You deserve better. You deserve to be fulfilled and to be lit up by what you're doing because, again, we spend so much time in our careers. You want to make sure that you're happy. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. I hope you learned something. I hope that it resonated with you. And take, like, if you get this book, if you read it, if you enjoy it, please let me know. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, you see it's a yellow book called U-Turn by Ashley Stahl. I'll link it in the show notes. She's incredible. So, so good. I love listening to her um, share on Angie Lee's podcast all about the book. So pick up the book, guys, and figure out if you are in the career field you are meant to be in. And if you need to pivot, if you need to make a U-turn, that is okay. You are worthy. So this is like why I'm talking about it on the Empowered with Erica podcast. It is empowering to be in a field that you love, okay? Do not fucking settle. You are worth having a job, having a career path that lights you up and fills you up with joy and still getting compensated well for it. That's where we got to switch to an abundance mindset. You can have both. You don't have to stay in a job you hate just to make money or you also don't need to stay in a job you love that's making you no money like you are worthy of both making money that is going to be enough to live the lifestyle you want and be fulfilled and lit up in your career all right y'all i will talk to you guys later i hope you enjoyed the episode thank you for listening and do not forget to stay empowered Thank you so much for listening today. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you for taking the time to be a part of our community. Don't forget to check the show notes for the resources I shared in today's episode. And of course, to connect with me on social. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at erica.vishkalis. You can also find me on Facebook at ericavishkalis. If you want to be a part of our online community, check out our Facebook group, Empowered with Erica. You can also find all of our offers and community links at empoweredwitherica.com. I always love hearing from you, so don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and tag me with your biggest takeaways from today's episode. Let me know what you loved and what you want to hear more about and share it with someone who you think would love it too. I cannot wait to share more with you. I will see you next week and don't forget to stay empowered.